Would you stand with me if you're able? Genesis 15, 1 through 6. This is the text God has laid out for you this Christmas Eve. Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. And a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. And here's where I want you to just recognize the wisdom of God. And just going from passage to passage. This is what the Lord has laid out for us today. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside And said, look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Waiting can be really tough. Waiting. I wonder if anyone can relate to that. Surely the kids are at least with me to this point in the sermon. Let me see if it, I can get the rest of you with me. Does anyone, uh, does anyone have a Christmas delivery? That's delayed. Yeah. Anyone have three? <laughs> I risk saying that. I'm, I'm risking my kids panicking <laughs> and not listening to anything. Maybe just they're going to pray again right now. Uh, but little ones, it's not your gifts um, that may not be on time. There are some that have been delayed. Genesis 15 is something that I think any kid who understands what it means to struggle to wait for Christmas, um, you, you should be able to relate to some of the things going on in Genesis 15. What Abram is dealing with in our passage is a delay in delivery. He, he, he has been promised all these blessings from God. And to this point, God has not delivered. Verse 1, God comes to Abram and he treats him a little differently than we've seen so far in Genesis. He treats him like he's a prophet. That's what the, the language in verse 1 
the word of the Lord came. You'll see that through the rest of the Bible, just speaking to prophets. Abram must be some sort of prophet here. But listen to the words of this message from the Lord. He says, fear not. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. And you can think of the word reward like gifts. He's coming to an anxious and disappointed Abram who is discouraged by the delay of God's delivery and and the gifts that he promised. And he tells them, fear not. Now, some of the reason he says fear not is also because of what we saw last time in Genesis chapter 14. If you'll remember a couple things. One, that Abram, remember he just taught a lesson to Chad. Y'all remember Chad and his gang of bullies. And Abram taught them a lesson. And he, he may be thinking they, they want revenge. The Lord says, fear not, I am your shield. And that word shield is, is also deliverer. I am your deliverer. But the second thing from Genesis 14 that we need to remember as we get into Genesis 15 is that Abram has also just walked away from the king of Sodom and all of the riches that that king offered to Abram. And he may be in a moment right now, having just said no to a bunch of gifts, where he needs reassurance that he made the right decision. The Lord comes to him in a vision at night and he says, fear not, your reward is will be very great. You've made the right decision to count on me. God's promise of reward, when he hears it, when Abram hears this, it stirs up in him what he ends up saying in verses 2 through 3, which is he starts speaking of a desire that he has for gifts. That no one in this world can give. This nearly 100 year old man. Wants what he still does not have. And that is a child. Genesis 15. This Christmas Eve morning. Teaches us. Even when. Delivery is delayed. God can deliver. That's the title of the sermon. He can deliver. Or let me put it in a sentence. God gives what no one else can. That's the point of Genesis 15, 1 through 6. God gives what no one else can. So, I want you to... Listen up as we walk through these verses together. Just understand there are two gifts that Santa can't deliver. There are two gifts that will never show up on a FedEx truck. There are two gifts and maybe only two gifts that Amazon does not stock. There are two gifts that even the most generous loved ones and the most wealthy 
loved ones can never give you. And the first one is a son. God can give a son. That's point number one. God can give a son. Now, something that every parent who's been doing this parenting thing for any amount of time will pick up on, even if their kids are beating around the bush when it's Christmas time, if the kid says to him, hey, ma, did you hear the report that there are grizzly bears that have been spotted at Fireman's Park? The the wise mom knows that that little boy is asking me for a gun. He's trying to drop these hints for a gun for Christmas. Well, Abram is beating around the bush in verse 2. When he says, what will you give me? And then he makes mention of uh, Eliezer, which I, I'm just imagining as his butler. And he says... Uh, what will you give me when my butler is the highest ranking person in my entire house and he is set to inherit all that I have? What are you going to give me under these circumstances? What he's really saying when he's beating around the bush like that is, God, I have no son. I have no son. And you promised me a son. That, that's what we're tracking with in this whole section of Abram back in the beginning in chapter 12 and verse 7, the Lord first appears to Abram and he says, this is a land that I'm going to give to your offspring. Abram gets hope there that he's going to have a family. But then God reminds him of this in chapter 13 when he encourages him to, to walk around that land and to kick up the dust and whenever he kicks up the dust to know that God is going to give as many offspring as all those little dust pieces that are coming up off the earth. God is going to give him that. And Abram, Abram has believed that and he has hoped for that. And so he's saying right now, look, I'm discouraged by your delay in delivering on this promise. And I think it's important that when we see this imperfection in Father Abraham, that you and I would be patient with him. I, I, want, I want us to even learn a lesson from Abram and the way that he's handling this. Discouragement about God's delivery the delay in that delivery, discouragement about that, is not a denial of the faith. You hear me? Just because he's discouraged that God is delaying the delivery of the great promises he's made to Abram, is not Abram denying his faith in the Lord. Abram's discouragement... At least the way he deals with it. That actually may be an expression of his faith. What I'm seeing in Abram is a desire. That matches up with the desire of God. That what, he, what he's saying is that the gifts that no one can give. That I believe you can give. That is what I want most. Will you give it? I don't know if you've seen those lists. Um. Being passed around the top Christmas gifts for men or whatever. 
You look on there, I know you did. I know you've been looking on there for all, all of them. Teens and spouses, all that. Well, if, if that kind of thing was passed around in Abram's day, let me tell you, a firstborn son would have topped that list for generations and generations. And that is what Abram is asking for. And I think the way he does it actually can teach you something and teach me something whenever we are discouraged that God's timeline doesn't quite match up to ours. Listen. Abram doesn't take his grief to the ungodly. He's not talking to unbelieving pagans. He's not talking to his mama. Y'all got to hear me. Who you verbalize your discouragement to matters when it comes down to the question of whether you have faith. Whether your discouragement is a denial of the faith or an expression of your faith. Those who believe God can deliver do not gripe about God's ability to deliver to people who don't believe that God can deliver. They do what Abram does. We take our disappointments to the one who can deliver. I want to put it another way. Abram understands. Look, I get. No one. Can give an old man. A son. But God can give what no one else can. So God answers him in verse four. The man. This man in your house shall not be your heir. You're not going to have to enact that custom of just passing it on when you continue childless to someone in your house. What does he say in verse four? Your very own son He's saying more here than he has before. He just said offspring before your offspring. He's just talking about a family. He's wondering maybe how am I going to get that family? It's not going to go to servants. My inheritance, it's not going to go to, it's not going to be through adoption that this child comes. It's going to be a natural born son. Your very own son shall be your heir. Look toward the heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then so shall you be able to number all of your offspring. He's going to have his very own son. And let me tell you, God can deliver even a son to such a man. And to remind Abram of that, back in chapter 13, we already referenced this. God took him outside and told him to walk around the earth. And he points to the tiniest particles in the universe, the dust. So that Abram might fix in his mind whenever he sees dust. He would have a reminder 
that God can give us up. And so now God in his grace gives Abram another reminder. So that whenever he's discouraged. By delays. In delivery. He might now not just have something to look down to, but he can look up in the sky and let the greatest lights now, not just these tiny little particles of dust, but the greatest lights in all the sky remind him God can give me a son. And not only a son, but more sons and daughters than I could possibly count. And so, beloved, when there is a delay... And God's delivery of the things he's promised to his people. Let these be reminders to you as well. Look down at the earth during the day when you can see the dust. And then when you can't look up to the heavens at night and believe God can deliver everything that no one else can. The very first people who read Genesis were a people who were waiting for the delivery of God's promises. They were right outside this land that he keeps talking about, that God promised to give them, and they're experiencing a delay. And yet, for them, Hundreds of years after this point, listen to what it said about him, them. They were told in Deuteronomy chapter 10, your fathers went down to Egypt. That's after this. They were only 70 people. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. This is what he's, he's saying. No delays should ever Make us doubt that he can deliver. He multiplies them as many as the stars of heaven, even before they get into the the promised land. No delays, beloved. If you're dealing with the discouragement of the delay of all that God has promised to his people, do not doubt that he will deliver every single one of them. God can give a son. To Abram, the old man. And he did. We'll see that in a few weeks. In the book of Genesis. He gave his son Isaac. His very own son. You know that phrase. His very own son. Your very own son. It only shows up one more time. In the whole Bible. It shows up in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Where God is making a promise to another man. David. And he's promising that he's going to give to David. What no one in the world can possibly give to anyone. He says I'm going to give you. Your very own son. But the kind of son who can rule as king. Forever and ever. I just want to remind you. What I I believe you know is true, but if you're anything like me, you need to guard this even today. Christmas. Christmas. 
The world out there thinks Christmas is about family. Or Christmas is about romance or love. Or Christmas is just about giving or mercy. But, beloved, let's, let's be really precise and keep this in front of us. Especially today and tomorrow. Christmas is the celebration that this truth in Genesis 15 that God can give a son. That it has come true. And it has come true more wonderfully than Abram could imagine. More wonderfully than David could imagine. More wonderfully than any of us could have imagined. It's not just Mary's own son. It's God's very own son. His only begotten son that he gave. The one who we're told in John chapter 1, the word of God, that's God, became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory because he's God. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That is what Christmas is all and, and you could say only about. It's just about the hopes of all the world coming together in the only Son that only God could give. God can deliver. A son. And yet. I I hope you believe this as well. More than a son is needed. Something else is needed. That no one else in the world can give. And that is righteousness. That is righteousness. We see it in verse 6. God can deliver righteousness. God can give righteousness is point number two. Verse six is one of the most important sentences that has ever been written. It is important. Partly because it's not even a part of the story that that goes on in chapter 15. It's not part of the story in verses 1 through 5. This is, I wonder if you could hear it when even as you look at the words. This is the author Moses popping in to help interpret what's going on here. Verse 6 is is Moses coming in and saying, now don't miss this. In the midst of all these lofty images and promises and this high drama, do not miss this. Verse 6, he Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted it to Abram as righteousness. I think Moses is, is really just summarizing not just what, what we should think about what just happened in our chapter, but really what's going on with Abraham from Genesis 12 on. Hebrews 11 would tell us the moment he left his, his homeland and his, and his family just because God told him to and made these promises to him, the moment he did that, he did that because of faith. This is not the first appearance of Abram. Verse 6 is not saying this is the moment where he got saved. He has been living by faith. 
But verse 6 is so important. Not just because Moses is coming in here and saying, you need to understand what's going on. It's also so important because three of the most important words that have ever been written are in this one verse. Three words. Believe, righteous, and counted. They actually, this is the first time any of them show up in the Bible. Believe. Now, others believed the Lord before Abram did. I mean, really, back back in chapter 3, we saw the first man believe whenever he finally named his wife. Remember, she was just called the woman until he called her Eve. Why did he call her Eve, the mother of all living? Because he believed God can give a son. She's going to have a son. And yet Abram is the first person who's described as believing, trusting God. Belief. Listen to me. Belief means not just saying that God, not just saying with your words you think God is reliable, not just telling other people when you're, when you're asked that you think God is reliable, but living upon the reality That you can depend upon God. That's belief. But then the second word is righteous. Righteous. And and that word is not the same word as belief. I know you understand English. But what I'm saying is, uh, this, this is different. It has a different meaning. Righteous is not about trusting in someone else. Being righteous is being a person who you yourself actually are reliable. That's what it means to be righteous, where you walk perfectly in the will of God. The the righteous person is not the best person you know. It's not this person uh, uh, doesn't get in, in as much trouble as the rest of the people on earth. Now, being righteous means to obey always and without exception. Being righteous means that you have only ever done what was right in the eyes of God. Believe, righteous, but then the third word is counted. Counted. This is a very important word. What it's saying is not that God looked at Abram and saw righteousness. No, counted means God reckoned to Abram righteousness. Or if you don't like that word reckoned, he treated Abram as if he was what he was not. He treated him like he was righteous. And we know he's not. I mean, we saw this at the end of chapter 12, right after all the promises, right after Abraham, by faith, walks away from everything and and follows the promises of God. Remember how he went to Egypt and sacrificed his wife and lied about who she was. This man is not righteous. So verse six is amazing that God is counting him or Giving him. 
He is giving righteousness to the man who was not righteous. In the official record for Abram in heaven. I remember really vividly what my, one of my favorite Christmas presents ever was. Um, I would say this is before I was a Christian, but it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> don't think less of me. But I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. If you asked me what was one of my favorite Christmas presents ever, it would, it would easily be this. Um, Xbox 360. This thing, this came, this thing came out for the first time uh, before most of you were alive. Uh, it was, it came out at the very, like after Thanksgiving in November of 2005. And all the news was saying that no one is going to get this thing, even though it's out officially. No one's going to get this thing until spring. And so no one's thinking they're going to get this thing for Christmas. No one's even asking for this thing for Christmas. Well, Kelly's little brother got word through the nerd network that <laughs> there were some Sam's clubs that might get a shipment. One night in December. And one night in December, uh, Kelly and I went to see this movie in, in Houston where, where we lived. And as we're leaving the, the movie theater late that night, I'm just driving. And she looks over at Sam's Club. And she sees policemen standing outside. Now, we were in Houston, so I don't know how she made this connection to why the policemen were there. You know, it could have been... But sure enough, next morning she goes, and I that that Christmas a couple weeks later, she pulled this thing out and I opened. It, I was like, "What?" She got uh, one of the few in existence. And when she went to buy it, like an employee had to escort her to the to the cash register so that she wouldn't steal it, and so that no one would steal it from her. Um, everyone wanted this thing. And it wasn't cheap, and there's not enough to go around. Well, everyone, everyone, even not just the nerds, but everyone, everywhere, should want righteousness. Because if you don't have it, you are going to spend forever in conscious torment for all the ways you did not honor the God who made you and gave you life. You can't get into heaven without righteousness. Listen to me. You need more than forgiveness. You need more, what I'm saying, than a record that is a little less bad than everyone else. 
You need a record that has absolutely no sin on it, and that's not enough. In addition to that, you need a record in heaven that is covered with nothing but righteousness. And your life may not be written in a book that I can read. And the story of your life may not be passed around in generations to come. But God has seen everything you've done. And God has seen everything I've done. God has seen everything you've thought. God has seen every reason you did everything you did. And he has not seen righteousness. That is a major problem. Righteousness, what I'm saying, is something that cannot be gotten by humans. Righteousness cannot be gifted by loved ones. Righteousness can only be counted. It can only be counted to humans if the only one who has it to give, gives it. And listen, way later than the book of Genesis, in Romans 4, in the New Testament, we hear these words, that righteousness was counted to Abram, quoting our passage, those words, we are told, were not just written to Abraham. They were not just written about Abraham. They were not just written for Abraham. They were written for us also. That righteousness will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord. Listen, aren't you glad God didn't just give righteousness to Abram? Aren't you glad not only that God can deliver this thing that no one else can, but that he didn't stop with Abram? And I want to tell you, he didn't stop yet. Like he he didn't stop with Melinda that we're going to celebrate in a moment in baptism. He didn't stop with Isaac that we're going to celebrate in a moment in baptism. He can deliver righteousness to every single person here. And listen, he can do it without any delay. He can give you it right now. If you believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead. Now listen, this is good news, but it's even better than you're thinking. You should be thinking, but can he deliver? You would be right if you had at least thought about the question, can he deliver righteousness when I know I'm unrighteous? Can he? The one who the moment unrighteousness came into the world, cast those people out of his presence. In other words, can he deliver righteousness? He, he cannot count anyone righteous, including Abraham, unless he's got a plan to cancel unrighteousness. And he does. When he gave his only son on Christmas. It was so that that boy would grow up and be counted unrighteous. The righteous son of God with flesh and blood treated as if he was full of sin.
on the cross. That God might switch the record. He can only count us righteous because he counted his son unrighteous on the cross. He poured out on his son all of the wrath that we deserve for all of our unrighteousness. So that when he raised him from the dead, if you believe and trust in him, he takes all your real unrighteousness and really gives you righteousness. That's how he does it. I wonder if anyone here can relate to Humpty Dumpty. Y'all know Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Can God put you back together again? He can. The whole world can't. You can't. He can do it. And and I want you to understand it won't be because of your strong faith that he does it. We don't see strong faith in Abram here. I mean, in verses 2 and 3, he's doubtful, he's questioning. And yet we still get verse 6. What that means for you is even weak faith can be counted as righteousness because of how strong our Savior is. Don't believe in your belief. Don't believe in your belief. Believe God. His son is our righteousness. And if you trust him, you will be righteous in his sight. There's a question that gets asked every Christmas. How can our gifts get delivered? And I've been asking that question. I told you. And I got really desperate. And and then I did what I shouldn't do. Um, I did what you shouldn't do. And I, I, I want you to know I didn't do it for me. I didn't do it for, you know, selfishly. I did it for you because one of the gifts that was delayed... Uh, was a gift that I'm giving out tonight at the Christmas Eve service to a few people. So I did, in my desperation, what you shouldn't do. I'm just trying to make it clear you shouldn't do this. I contacted the postmaster. And <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I shamelessly used my relationship with a person who has influence in these things, you know, to get uh, the delivery. And uh, the most important factor in whether the things you desperately want most will be delivered is who is delivering. God can 
give what no one else can. Let's leave stuff that fits under a tree to the professionals. When it comes to stuff we you really need, soul stuff, eternal stuff, Jesus can deliver. And only He can deliver. And there will be days where it feels like delays. But He said, those who wait on the Lord will not grow weary, but will renew their strength. He can deliver, beloved. Do you believe that? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your ability to do more than we can do, but even more than we can ask. You can do what no one can do. We thank you for giving a son who didn't just benefit one barren family, but who blesses the whole world by making us righteous. God, may we live for him. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.